0: Fast and Powerful Relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed.
1: Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it Ah. eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available. However, you listen to podcasts
0: spanning the nerd world and feeding your fandom. It's time for the Down and Nerdy Podcast. Here's your host, James Witham. When it comes to Marvel, it's time to find out what phase they're going through. It's episode 456 of the Down and Nerdy Podcast. I'm James Witham, and of course, we've got phase five for Marvel kicking off with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania here coming up, and I actually got a chance to sit down with my friends Manny and Teresa and Megan and Josh, once again, bringing the band back together. This time, talking about Marvel, we're going to have some real talk about Marvel Studios. When I say real talk talking about, hey, you know, it's not just always been sunshine and rainbows for Marvel Studios. They haven't done everything right. They've made some mistakes. There's still some concerns going forward. So, this was actually recorded back in January, by the way. I want to point that out. This is before Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania had screened or anything like that or any reactions had come. So, this was before any of that happened so that we we went ahead and talked about, you know, thoughts and concerns and, you know, hopes for what's going to be coming up for the next several years for Marvel Studios, looking at the TV series, some movie talk as well, and some other things. So I can't wait to sit down with them and ha- have you hear the conversation that we had in January talking about all this. I've been waiting for the right time to share this with you guys, and this is definitely the right time. But that's not it. also going to talk about Season 9 of The Flash. I'll give, me your, give you my review of that Season 9 premiere. also going to talk about Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur a little bit, give you a quick review of that as well, but I don't want to keep you waiting. Let's get to the, it's a it's a really long in-depth conversation about Marvel Studios Phase 5 and beyond and where things went well, where things didn't go well. A lot of real talk coming at you next on the Down and Nerdy Podcast.
2: Hi, I'm Simone Missick from Marvel's Luke Cage
3: and you're listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast.
0: Okay, everybody loves Marvel. I think that, you know, loving Marvel Studios is just something that's ingrained into us, whether we like it or not, but at the same time, sometimes you have to have those uncomfortable conversations, and that's one we're going to be having right now. Maybe we are waiting for this real talk. Maybe you're going to be yelling at us. Doesn't matter either way. Thanks for being a part of Marvel Real Talk, is what we're going to call it, I think. And I'm James Witham, of course, the host of the Down and Nerdy podcast, and bringing the band back together once again for this conversation. And the guy that had the kind of had the idea, and we were all texting back and forth together from LRM Online, Emmanuel Gomez, Manny. Say hello hey. once again. Hello, hello. Teresa and Megan from Beautiful Ballad. Ladies, how you doing?
3: Good, how are you? Ooh. Hey, how are you?
0: Very good. And then, of course, Josh Lepp from Popverse and DC Comics.com, just because it's a Marvel conversation. Doesn't mean Josh isn't gonna be here because he knows a ton about it too. Josh, how you doing?
4: Feeling good, feeling unshackled because I don't have to worry about uh pissing off uh superior. <laughs> oh, look time. at this.
0: Like like breaking <clears throat> the chains of the of the things that usually bind him from the, yeah, the conversation. The, the,
4: the there's no NDAs and I don't have to like worry about like bad mouthing a show that I've been paid to like promote now. so
0: (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and do that. Shall we? It's interesting because Marvel's had kind of an interesting start to their TV lives. They had, of course, agents of shield started things off. We had agent Carter that was in the mix as well. That we had failed spinoffs for mockingbird. We had a failed spinoff for ghost rider that never really happened. And then the Marvel the Netflix Marvel universe started, and everybody went, "Wait a minute, they can do this!" So Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, and let's not mention the other one because that's just that would be wrong. But but here's the thing:
4: so hey, they don't go into forget Disney. the Emmy Award winning twelve season show, The Inhumans, that changed pop <laughs> culture. <Mitchell forever. laughs>
0: See, that was that one was on the level of so horrible that I just didn't even remember it entirely. So that should tell you that's the thing though. that's the, that's kind of how I want to start. This is they, they had obviously Daredevil was a huge success and you could argue the same for Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was up and down. And then you hear that they're going to do this stuff on Disney Plus and this time, OK, for sure it's going to be connected. What did they not learn, you think, from that first go around? And I'll start with Teresa and Megan on this. What did they kind of not learn heading into this? Because I feel like they still make some of the same kind of mistakes.
5: I think they definitely faked us out with launching with WandaVision Vision as the first thing to go on Disney Plus because that was something we had never seen before. It was very original. It was very well received from a lot of people and so I think we all kind of had, you know, our heads up in the clouds because we'd been led to believe all the shows were going to be kind of just that kind of original that kind of take and then as time went on, I think it just I've said this to you guys before. I've always believed that they've started doing Quantity over quality. And they just wanted to get this stuff kind of pumped out because the popularity is, was still, is still there or was still there and still is there. And they just, I I just, and then COVID hit. So I think there's a lot of key pieces that went into play that they, I don't know, I think kind of, it's just like bros color, but I don't I know. know. It's just hard no, to they explain. They lost
3: their way. I think they spent, you know, you kind of saw it with their movies. They had, you know, a game plan. They knew where they were going with each phase and then they reached, you know, putting out the first iteration, I guess, of the the Disney Plus series. And yeah, there were some that were were good. Others were like, yeah, but they all were, in my opinion, put out to set up for the next one where they were coming, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier to Captain America New World Order, you know, WandaVision setting up for Scarlet Witch to appear in Doctor Strange. So you had all of that stuff, now I just feel like they're putting it out there because they're trying to find characters that people are gonna like because they might not be 100% behind their MCU film characters and trying to find that next core six who's going to lead the MCU into its next couple of phases.
0: Manny, obviously there's been some successes here. I mean, you've got Miss Minutes on your wall right now, as a matter of fact. And, and of course, Loki was one of the big successes, I think, of this Marvel Studios thing. Do you think that, that they kind of got a point there? Is, is it, does it seem like these shows were, were not necessarily made for quality's sake all the time, but, but made for, well, let's see if people like this character. It's almost like a setup thing. It's like, well, if this show screws up, it doesn't matter because it's a show. But
2: why doesn't it matter? It's it's really a, they're a victim of their own success. I, I think after you know the Infinity Saga and everything that we went through, <laughs> what can we do to go you know trust us? And that is actually that's true. You know it's kind of like when you go into a restaurant, you're gonna get some of the old favorites before you start trying to explore into their specialty dishes or something different. Uh, you you need to build that trust, and they did that. They they absolutely hooked us with that great ending that was Endgame, and so then. We didn't get WandaVision until 2021. By that point, we were also very desperate for heroes. I mean, 2020 was rough on everyone. Uh, we didn't, we, you know, us as journalists didn't even get to go to our shows and, or do, you know, things that we wanted to do. We were all confined to some degree in, in a bubble. And so when it finally does release in 2021, yeah, it's a, bit, a little bit of trickery. I, I agree. I agree. It's a case of we wanted to love it so much that we did and and it did so it it did it connect could still connected to the to the previous regime to the previous infinity saga that we loved and you know it was a character that they developed very very well so by the end of it i i i know that my it's funny my daughter and i at the end of it we were like wait what just happened and then again uh, falcon to the winter soldier same deal we're dealing with something that was post infinity saga it's connected to that particularly not not something going forward so because we still had that you know kind of love for for what we had seen i I think it was i think we were we were psyched out a little bit and then finally when we get to loki by the end of that we finally meet who supposedly is going to be our our antagonist for the foreseeable future i mean until through phase six but then we never see him again we don't see any time, I mean, if if there are gonna be subtle hints that they're gonna put together, I know that there's been a lot of rumors of like all oh, uh, Miss Marvel's bangle and the and the and the ten rings that Shang Chi wears are actually okay. Yeah, but if you if you look back at you know Phase one through three, we got we got very very subtle and very very obvious hints, especially with all the stones and how they connected through the films. Whether it was a Guardians, whether it was a Thor whether it was a vision and it was very cohesive. And there was also a, a lot of a lot of time for characters to to really grow and for us to really, I guess, love them. And for lack of a better term, to really to really care about what happens to them. But well, we're, we're to the point where they've thrown so many characters at us. Like, yeah, there's, there's just too many. And we don't know too much about any of them. I mean, by the end of She-Hulk, they said, just kidding. That's actually not what we were doing at all.
0: Um, <laughs> exactly.
2: I was like, what in the Fast and the Furious are we doing here? And so it, now we get to Ant-Man, where we're like, oh, here he comes. Here's Kang. And what is he doing? He's fighting Ant-Man. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I, I like, so, so i mean ant-man was never going to even beat some of the other avengers mm-hmm. except maybe uh, falcon we've seen that before but why do i care what King, what Kang? as a matter of fact i hope he wins against this these you know these <laughs> events because i don't i don't care about any of them i you know where 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 is my multiverse saga tony stark where where is my captain america that if, if they get ripped out of a, of a movie, they die, they leave, it, that it means something. Right now, I, there's no character that really means anything. And then it's worse that you've, that you've already announced that this is the last Guardians film. Everybody's going to go do their own thing. And it's like, yeah, I'm done with Marvel. It's like, wait, you're done with Marvel, but we're, we're just getting started, right? It's like, no, this is our, we already went through a whole phase four or what? That's sorry, I rambled off for a bit.
0: No, that was those were all very, very good points. And and Josh, I'll, I'll we'll go from that and go to you. And and it's almost like it's not okay to criticize Marvel Studios, partially because for ten years they had almost like this perfectly crafted plan, and now we're sort of asking them to do that again. And for me, and I think all of us actually is one of the reasons we're having this conversation. I think that that's a perfectly okay thing to ask of them regardless of what characters that they're using because they've shown that they can do it so i'll ask you is that was that always going to be a tough ask post infinity saga or should we continue to hold them to that high standard even with these newer and less familiar for them for the not you know hardcore marvel audience is this a fair ask or no
4: i mean at the end of the day these are just movies so like there is nothing wrong with us saying we want our movies to be better as long as you're not being toxic about it going on youtube in your car like you know screaming about how there's too many like women in your like marvel movies like as long as you're not doing that it is perfectly okay to say that you want like better writing and more cohesive quality in these movies i think that there is a little bit of uh corrupted memory going on here because There's this, oh, everything until Endgame was like, you know, great. I mean, we had our Thor The Dark Worlds. Mm -hmm. We had our Marvel movies and Marvel moments that like weren't as good. It wasn't all Endgame. But whenever you're having an experience, like you always remember, like the end kind of sets the tone. So like Endgame kind of set the tone for the Infinity Saga and how we remember it, because that's that was our closing memory of it, you know? Like, we're not leaving Endgame thinking about Thor The Dark World, although it is funny because there was scenes from Thor The Dark World in Endgame when they went back in time. So I guess that ruins my point. Uh, But (laughs) we talk about how connected everything is, but that's just the way they present it, you know, to us. Like, when, just to, like, pull a random movie, like, whoever was doing, like, Captain Marvel, like, had very little interaction with you know the Russo brothers during Endgame because even Brie Larson talked about this that like they filmed Endgame first and they had an idea for how Carol was going to like look and something about her makeup and hair was like different than it was in Captain Marvel and there was a minor controversy about that and she said yeah this is what we thought Carol was going to be when we were doing Endgame but then in Captain Marvel we went in this direction instead like Kevin Feige knows what's going on but like you know ryan coogler off doing wakanda forever he doesn't know what's going on in like she-hulk with megan the they're all off doing their own thing but in our mind this is like one big saga when in reality it's more like the actual marvel comics when like you know you have a bunch of different creators and editors all telling their own stories and then you have like the main editorial just making sure it ties together i do want to bring up a point about WandaVision and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness that has bothered me since the movie came out first of all props to WandaVision because as everyone else has mentioned it came out at the perfect time it was like the first water cooler show that happened since COVID because like shows were not happening during COVID but anyway I don't think that WandaVision connects with Multiverse of Madness that well because all of WandaVision is about like leading up to this moment at the end of the show where Wanda learns her lesson that, oh, I shouldn't, you know, torture people because, you know, I miss my loved ones. You know, I should embrace reality instead of like being evil. And then she has to learn the same lesson again in the movie, which takes place like immediately afterwards. And I'm like, It's really weird, because I don't want to say what's the point of WandaVision, because that's a very dismissive thing to say, but it's like, we just went through a whole series of her learning this lesson, and the first thing you see in Doctor Strange is that she's unlearned the lesson right away, and people say, well, the Darkhold, it's like, yeah, I know the Darkhold, but this was the story that you narratively told. It would be like if after Return of the Jedi, you did like another Star Wars movie where it turns out Darth Vader's alive and he's evil again after like, you just did all of Return of the Jedi. That is trilogy. such
0: a good point.
4: I don't want to filibuster too much. So uh, I'm passing the conversation ball along <laughs> back to you. Well, well,
5: Josh, can I just pay back that on a second? Cause Please do. As, as soon as I we walked out of Doctor Strange, I was like, they pulled a Daenerys with with Wanda. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't understand why she all of a sudden, everything that WandaVision Vision, set her up for they just kind of were like no forget that we're just gonna make her crazy and this dark villain who didn't learn her lesson and it's like no but she did you just spent a whole entire season developing this character that you hadn't developed before and everyone was kind of rooting for her. and then you're like nope the rug's been ripped out from underneath you so her Daenerys moment from Game of Thrones is. I- like, I'll developed.
0: admit I, I was one of those dark hole apologists at first and then the more and more I thought about it and the, and actually watching Doctor Strange back again, I was like, you know, I guess maybe you could make that argument. And like as a dad, I can't promise that I wouldn't, you know, be that pissed off like Wanda was, too. But at the same time, yeah, if she had that light bulb, oh, I realized what I did moment and then. You can't blame it all on the dark hole. If that's the case, then we're underselling how powerful the dark hole is as a, as a tool in the entire MCU, which they didn't build up to that point either. And that's the reason I kind of pulled back on it. I was like, okay, if you're going to blame the dark hole, then you should have been building this up like you built up the Infinity Stones and the Gauntlet this whole time. That the dark hole is the thing that could take anybody, like take a Steve Rogers and turn him Hydra, like they tried to do in the friggin' comics. But that's another conversation for another day. But if but it's even that, if
4: the dark hold is that powerful, like the explanation makes sense. It's just what you did narratively. You spent right. this time with the narrative, having Wanda learn this lesson only to have her like unlearn it, that that is a choice that they made. It's a story choice that like, it's not a plot hole. It makes sense, but it doesn't make narrative sense.
0: Yeah. And that exactly, exactly. And, and to kind of go back towards the TV side of things a little bit i kind of have felt like one of the things that's frustrated me about almost every show in in this tv lineup some of it good some of it bad is that it almost feels like this disney these disney plus shows have been like their playground for some reason it's like oh well this is where we're gonna go and have fun it's gonna be less serious we're gonna kick back we're gonna make comedies and 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 buddy cop and shows and all this other stuff and it's like that's not what you do like thanks for you know trying to be different in this next phase but that's not what you do. So I'm going to open it up to the floor here. Did have you kind of liked with it? Is is the lighter tone and this different stuff that they're doing? Has this been to their benefit, or do you think, or to their detriment? And whoever wants to go first, go ahead.
3: I think if you like, kind of take it a step back and go all the way back to the Netflix ones: Daredevil, Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage. I think the reason so many people liked them was because they were so different than what was already out there in the regards to superhero tv content you know they were darker they weren't trying to fit a certain narrative they were just going in and you know for a lot of comic book fans yeah you're always going to have your your issues with it but they kind of held true to the darker tone of what their comics are and so i think when they we jumped into the disney plus stuff the first couple of ones that went out they all had little differences to them and so I think everyone gave them a shot and was like oh you know Falcon Winter Soldier supposed to be a buddy comedy it really was not a buddy comedy and then you got to uh, Loki which was completely different you know it was a completely different take on anything that we had seen and then Hawkeye comes out and you're just like where are we going with this And then everything else that came out after it, it was just like, I I just didn't think they were putting out stuff that they actually sat down and thought through. You know, it was like, it was almost like they're the, the captain America and the first Thor, they put those out there just to get the ordinary stories out so they could get Avengers out. With these, I feel like they just put these out to be like, we just want to keep putting the content out to keep people. Semi entertained rather than saying, let's let's actually put out something that's good and different. We don't want to be the same as everyone else, because that's what's going to attract your audience.
0: It's just interesting to me that this is still such an uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversation. And and Manny, go ahead and piggyback off that a little bit.
2: No, nah, not uncomfortable at all. I've been. I've been taking a lot of heat for it for years. Uh, apparently, I hate Marvel. <laughs> <Of> course, <laughs> so do, so I was, do I. Apparently, I was, I'm, a, I was I'm a DC that,
0: apologist and I hate Marvel. That's I, I, I was told, told that
2: today too. Just uh, um, it's like, be quiet, man. You hate you hate, you love everything except Marvel. It's like, wait, wait a minute, what? Just uh, yeah, to piggyback off of that, the thing about those Netflix shows is that they carried a lot of weight. Every punch looked like it hurt. Mm-hmm. There was drug use. There was real life kind of. Mixing in with with what the characters were doing, and so like you, you really, w- when Daredevil finished a fight, you, and they showed him the next day, you knew he was in a fight.
0: They brought it street level,
2: basically, very, very street level. You, you know, a lot of the things that that were going on were almost relatable, and and you almost you you felt for Foggy because he was doing things all on his own, whatever jessica jones because of uh, you know the purple man he was was so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but for the right reasons very very well executed so so then we get then we get to to the mcu uh disney plus series and we go to falcon and the winter soldier which you know I, i understand they were trying to drive a point in but after episode five it's like i get it as a part of your audience, I am smart enough to understand the message you're trying to send me. Please stop showing it to me like if I don't understand. I remember doing uh, doing a wrap up on that show, and I said I, I really felt like when they made this show, they thought their audiences were dumb, and and I, and I wasn't about that. And then can I get a, can I get an actual villain? Uh, not everybody has to be redeemed, and if everyone's redeemable, then really there's no evil in the world, mm-hmm. and and so what are we really fighting for? And I felt that I felt a similar way about Hawkeye, which is really just kind of made a made a joke of 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 the amazing Wilson Fisk we had already got. That was completely unnecessary and and it kind of dangled that carrot so you can watch it you know, you know keep going forward and keep going. And as much as I like Kate Bishop's character, you completely ruined Elena uh, Yelena for me because it's like she's not she's not this assassin that you're making me think she is. is so so by the end of that, completely bad taste, completely waste of time. Miss Marvel started strong and I don't I don't even know where that went. And then the one I have most problems with and people always take me the wrong way for it is She-Hulk. I had wanted She-Hulk since the since the Netflix days because I always thought that Daredevil and and, and I wanted to see Matt Murdock versus Jennifer in the courtroom and that that was my dream. You didn't really get that. Actually, I think the most appalling thing about it Is that they teased it since the trailer, then they teased it again mid-show, and you didn't get it till the very end. And even then, it was, it was not kind of not what they it was. It was not as advertised. It it was it was a bait and switch like they do, like it's so like they do in stores sometimes with with products and things like that. It was it was so unnerving, and then using the excuse of oh you hate women, I was like no I hate the writing, right. there was nothing wrong with Maslania's character. There was even nothing wrong with the choice of characters that they had picked. The writing was very lazy, absolutely lazy, and and honestly, nothing for me to grab onto. And I was on board for the first couple of episodes, going, hmm, okay, okay, all right, look, let's let's move along. You had some court, you had a lot of courtroom stuff, which is what you advertised. And then I don't know what happened. They they just completely went off the rails and wanted to touch on certain things that I don't think that was the show for. Especially if you're part of a greater, bigger thing. And and so yeah, so what it so what it really did is kind of it just watered everything down. So all these new characters, where do they fit? Why do I care? And kind of like like you know, you guys were saying, especially Josh pointed out with WandaVision. If you already you if you already told me a story and then changed it, what makes me think like it's anything else that's gonna be any different? And especially with your ideas of multiverses, and it's like Oh, that was actually just this, you know, this other version of the character. Oh, this was. And so then so now as we're getting closer and closer, inching towards whatever Kang's Dynasty is going to be and Secret Wars, I have no faith that you're actually going to provide me with what you've told me you're going to give me. And 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 that, and that so the quality of everything's down. The the quality of maybe of two or three of these shows that maybe could have been a big budget movie. I understand that th- we're diff- living in a very different <laughs> world right now but you have too many people working on too many things obviously we've heard about the stress in animators and special uh, special effects artists and, and it, it's really really watered down the product and they're having the same problem with star wars which is another topic and, and so what we're left with is mediocrity and it's something that they weren't before and it's their own fault yep. because because they trained us to be this way with what they gave us before and so now when we expect that same return with something grander, I mean, we're not getting it, it's it's only it's only fair that fans kind of like, you know, backlash a bit, or you know, like us here having this conversation, which I'm sure we'll we'll get a lot of very nice comments about. <laughs> You're
0: listening to some Marvel real talk here on the Down and Nerdy podcast. The conversation continues next.
4: Make a point, I guess, about She-Hulk, which kind of goes into the larger conversation of, you know, criticizing Marvel and why some people are reluctant to have the conversation. There was a lot of criticism towards She-Hulk, some of it, like what Manny was saying, was deserved. Some of it was just, like, nonsense into the wind from... uh, I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist when I say this, but, like, some of it was nonsense into the wind from, like, far-right, like, you know, almost QAnon, like, YouTubers who, like, just hate women and hate any form of, like, representation. And stuff like that made it hard to criticize the show because if you're like, oh, I'm not enjoying She-Hulk, hold in with, like, you know, these haters over here, like... Like, like even Manny just said now, like, no, I, you know, I liked, he liked the actress. He had no problems with the characters. It was just the writing. And I was reluctant to say some bad stuff about She-Hulk during Me too. For that very Me too. Yeah, for that, for that very reason, because like a lot of the criticism was bad faith criticism. And I did not want to get coupled in with that. And I was excited for She-Hulk because I liked the idea that like, like the actual comics in the Marvel universe the Marvel cinematic universe is big enough now where we can play in different genres we can do a sitcom that's not about like the end of the world like it's just like you know a single female lawyer like do Allie mcbeal as a superhero it just was not very good there's no stakes and we're not earning any of our resolutions but it's it's this whole like thing where I saw Ryan George, the guy that does the pitch meeting things. He had Mm -hmm. a comment where it's like, oh, the show's attacking the fans. And it's like, (sighs) I kept on feeling the need to defend the show because of all like of the misogyny that it was under. I guess that's kind of the trap that like a lot of us maybe fall into with Marvel is that we wind up defending it because there's a lot of stupid bad faith arguments from bad faith actors
0: which is which is true but at the same time like that's but that's just not that's not just a marvel problem that's just it is that you're see, you see that in a lot of different i mean D- dc certainly had that certain same level of, of criticism you know you can love or hate batwoman for all the reasons you want but batwoman got lambasted by those same exact people because of of its storytelling, even from season one. So so I agree with you there, but that's certainly not an exclusively Marvel problem. Not that you're saying that, but I, that that that's something that's a lot of people say is that, well, you know, it's hard to criticize them for that reason. I think part of it for me is the what I like to call the screw you, we're Marvel factor. And like, remember when Guardians was a risk? Remember when mm-hmm. Ant-Man was a risk? It was like, oh, okay, yeah, you can do Iron Man, you can do Thor, you can do Captain America. What happens when you get to these characters? Remember and that was a risk. Well, n- that worked out because the that little logo in the beginning of every movie was a automatic five hundred plus million dollars at the box office, whether the movie was good or not. Now, Guardians ended up working out. That was a good movie. Ant-Man I, you want to call it good. I mean, I guess you could. The first one was probably the best one of those what we've had yeah. so far. But it was that screw you were Marvel kind of. Mentality, I think that brought us into where we're at now with these shows and that like, yeah, some of them are really good, but it's also sometimes for me anyway, I don't know how you guys feel, but it almost feels like a relay race where you're trying to pass the baton and you keep dropping it and then you forget where the baton is and you're scrambling and all of a sudden, you know, you've got runners from every other country that are running past you and you're going, okay, where are we again? because oh wait there's the baton there's what we were supposed to be doing here you go so there's sometimes you 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 get on the right track you're in the right lane you've got that baton and other other times it's like well, I thought we were doing this like I thought we were passing the baton from from Clint Barton to Kate Bishop I thought we were passing things on from not necessarily from Captain Marvel to Miss Marvel but bringing Miss Marvel into this world and it's like well I guess we're kind of doing that not doing that so Uh, That was the other thing that that's kind of confused me and is that that, you know, we're taking risks, but also we're not taking risks anymore. We're not doing the things that you like Manny said. You promised me we were doing this. You promised me we were almost seemed like we were heading towards Young Avengers. That's what it seemed like we were heading towards. And now they announced this whole slate, whether it be movies or or TV. and, And it says, okay, so this is what we're doing. And you go, wait a minute. Are we are we doing Young Avengers? Are we do? Are we doing that? Are are we doing Sam Wilson as Captain America? It looks like we are, and I guess we are because we've got that new movie. But it doesn't. None of this feels like, like Manny said. None of this feels like it's genuine, like it's actually happening. And I think it's especially on the TV side. Okay, so you're giving us an Ironheart show. Why? Other than you know, Riri Williams is a character that certainly fits in, and it fills a void that Tony left in a certain way, but. But why you're you're not giving me the why we're doing a lot of these things. And that for me is especially with this new slate that's coming out here, some of which I'm excited for and some of which I'm I'm kind of scratching my head it's like, OK, so why are we doing this? So th- I guess that's the question now going forward. We have what we have now. Why are we doing what's coming next?
5: I think we also just keep repeating kind of the same thing is that, you know, the Infinity Saga, even like the first the origin films the hardcore comic book fans began putting the pieces together be like we're it's got to be Thanos like Thanos has got to appear somewhere and at the end of Avengers Thanos appears and you're like Infinity Saga the Infinity Stones so even though those films kind of had their own stories they were all leading to a point whereas we got into this right after Endgame, we were all kind of like, where are we going? Where's the new saga? People started looking for the pieces, but none of the pieces connected. And you're like, where, where are we? What's happening? And then the Disney Plus show started and you were like, not, not getting anything from these. It could be this storyline. It could be this storyline. Are we getting mutants? Are we not getting mutants? Are we doing time travel? Are we not doing time travel? Are we doing multiverse? Are we not doing multiverse. So there were t- so many options. I think, Josh, you said it where it was like, it's a lot like the comic books where they kind of were open-ended every show was like doing their own thing but nobody could figure out what where we were leading to and then slowly the pieces have begun to get together but I think what the Disney plus shows is that they're not necessarily giving the pieces that then connect to the movies or if they are they're not they're not connecting at all and then you have again the the people who don't watch the shows who are watching the movies being like who is this person why why do i care about this person like you know my older sister doesn't really watch any of the tv shows she's seen all the movies and she's like what's going on who is this person why do i like how does this how does this connect how do we get from point a to point b and it's i think that kind of is the issue right now is that nobody really knows what's happening like the general audience of marvel doesn't know what's happening the comic book fans are kind of like we have an idea but we don't have an idea we're starting maybe to put the pieces together but they're not as obvious as they were at the end of the first phase and so it's i mean we were a little spoiled but that spoiledness crossed all fans and, and right you now did that to yourself
0: too yeah. that's that's the thing yeah
5: yeah and at this point it's not crossing the fans the fans are all like we're give what are we what are we looking forward to because nobody knows at this point
4: I just like the idea, and I think that this is how people should start to look at it, is that the MCU is now, it's big enough where it is more like the comics, where you don't, like, unless you're like me, who has to, uh, for pop first, like, read every single Marvel comic every week. Very few people read every single Marvel comic every week. You have your favorite characters that you follow. You know, like, this isn't, 2014 where like there was only one or two mcu like stuff a year and you could realistically follow it all there is multiple movies multiple tv shows and they don't all have to lead to something like the infinity saga now we can branch off and tell various stories like we had that man thing special like that probably has nothing to do with any of this kang stuff going on
0: and yet that was awesome
4: yeah, and, like, same with She-Hulk. My neighbor, who, like, will sometimes go to Marvel movies with me, he said that he was skipping Black Panther Wakanda forever because he didn't like She-Hulk. And I'm like, you, you don't, like, th- these are two separate things. It's, but people that are so, people were trained from, like, the beginning with phase one that they had to follow everything. So now if they don't like one thing, they're like, oh, well, I guess I'm done with this, like, Marvel saga now. It's like, well, no, just follow the stuff that you like, you know. Watch Moon Knight or whatever if or if you don't like Moon Knight. Like, I just don't get how, like, hating She-Hulk means that you can't watch Wakanda forever. Like, it's two different creative teams. It's two different freaking genres, you know. Like, if I don't like the latest issue of Amazing Spider-Man, I'm not going to drop, you know, Christopher Cantell's Cantwell's Iron Man.
0: But, that, but that's part of it, too, is like we, we were told that you have to follow everything by them. That that was part of the problem because, too, like, because
4: they want us to buy, right, stuff. right? And and there's and there's nothing wrong with <laughs> that at because of course, they're going to say that, and and
0: that's a wonderful business model until everything's connected and something either doesn't make sense or doesn't work out, and then and therein lies your problem. So it's great until it's not, and and kind of I want to piggyback off of both of your points because I think that this is interesting in that. You have to follow everything or or maybe you don't, because like Josh said, sometimes they're two different things. And, and in that particular instance, Josh, you're absolutely right. You don't you don't have to not watch Wakanda forever because of She-Hulk. I, I don't get that. But like, remember when everything was just so fine tuned and well tuned and it seemed like everybody was talking to each other and everybody, even every director, every writer. Every producer, all up to, you know, all the Kevin Feige going, okay, everybody, we have our plan. Here's what it is. Now it almost feels like, and, and do you think this is the case, that there's now too many cooks in the kitchen, all of whom are not really talking to each other. And then when it's time to bring out the, the plate for the, you know, $1,000 a plate dinner that you're attending and you bring it out and you go, I don't know if any of these things that are on my plate together go with each other like you said that they were supposed to so are we starting to see with the advent of these tv shows from marvel that we all want by the way we just want them to be better is this a now too many cooks in the kitchen that aren't allowed to talk to each other scenario
4: i like i said i'm I'm gonna say this real quickly and then move on to the next person because i just talked a lot in the before you said that but I think once again, we have this illusion about how coordinated everything was when in reality, it was not, we just were told it was all planned. So we thought it was, we saw an infinity gauntlet in Asgard in the old movies, but then, oh, wait, it's like we later found out. in, you know, the other like stuff like guardians of the galaxy and the Avengers movies that, you know, Thanos actually like had his own gauntlet. So then in, I think it was one of the other Thor movies like someone went through the throne room and said, oh, that thing's fake or something like that. They had to explain it like we were told that these things were connected, but there was mistakes. Um, But anyway, moving on to the next person.
0: And we'll definitely do that. This is the Marvel Real Talk discussion on the Down and Nerdy podcast. Manny, come on in. The water's fine.
2: (laughs) No, uh, you're absolutely right. And Exhibit A is Thor Love and Thunder. Taita Wakiti was 100% let off the leash and it was a mistake. Yep. If you look if you look at what what he did in Thor Ragnarok, it was reined in a little bit. It was reined in because too much Taita, like he's a, he's great mm-hmm. uh, and I love him as a director, but if you don't rein him in, you're going to get Thor Love and Thunder where things are just off the rails all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> and honestly, all of the building you did with Thor, you just wiped it out in the opening scene. And there's just, just way too many things going on. I mean, just just if we if we look at still going going forward, we have like Echo, we have the Marvels, we have supposedly uh, Agatha, uh, Marvel Zombies, Thunderbolts, Daredevil, Born Again, Wonderman, Blade. And I mean, there's just some of them. And and to Josh's point, I know you guys already covered it, but the, the problem is is that Kevin Feige goes on that stage and he lists the things one by one talking to how those lead to the the avengers so it giving us that false perception that this is the path to avengers so it's important now if you have things like werewolf by night which are great and all you know in comics well because that's how i describe dc especially dc films because for next year everyone was like well why should i watch the Flash? why should i watch the blue beetle i was like because like at a comic book shop the comics don't always follow the same storyline you, you they're self-contained It's just a movie for the sake of a being a movie about a character uh so um you can have those things here, but you have too many of them, but you need revenue for Disney plus so put in all these things that that we like um oh, they like that Agatha song, so let's do a whole show about her well, why I that's not gonna go anywhere um and things like um yeah like echo like why you mentioned also ironheart she was great in the movie why does she need her own show Mm -hmm. it it doesn't make any sense if you took the shows we've seen from phase four and even some from before and we'd go to the last movie that we saw um which was um black panther wakanda forever you would think that our end game or that 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 the event that we're leading towards the big event is Thunderbolt that's the big event we're leading to because we we already have um we we, we did another thing with the Winter Soldier we entered we uh introduced Yelena we introduced um uh I mean Ghost was was from a previous a previous film of course but all these characters and then who keeps showing up it's supposed their supposed leader, and her name uh, slips my mind right now. But if you took if so, if we took this. If we took the same recipes that that we did before on how things were kind of like built up with little hints here and there, characters showing up. Our big event is Thunderbolts, not, uh, not uh, um, not Kang, not Secret Wars, right? Um, that that's our that's our big event based on what you've given me. That's what we're doing, and so so like why did i watch eternals which i still regret to this day still haven't
0: <laughs> still haven't because enough you've told me i shouldn't I, so I, didn't.
2: I i took my brother very excited to that film an hour into it i was turning to him and i said i'm so sorry i brought you that i <laughs> did not know this was gonna be this way and so it, yeah to, so to your point I, I you know looking forward what what happens and and the thing is and so as excited as i am about ant-man and the wasp and and um Quantumania. uh, um scott lang is is a personal favorite character of mine uh my daughter too for for personal reasons i'm also worried because what what is this setting up what are we doing the only see the only serious the and and the worst part is that they did dangle the care with loki and it was oh it's finally happening and we kind of got a little taste of it in spider-man and so multiverse of madness that's where we're going to begin right that's the that's the that's where we're going and then it was, oh no, they they just kind of retconned everything we did in the first show. So so what's going on? So yeah, um, I'll shut up now. But yeah, to, to your point.
3: To kind of go off of what everyone is saying is, if you think back to when we first started to hear about the Disney Plus TV series, we were into the Infinity Saga when they started announcing this stuff. And so at that point, I don't think they quite realized what would happen once the Infinity Saga ended. I think they thought that they were going to keep this momentum going. Here, we're going to go in and yeah, we're not really 100% sure where we're going next. We think we're going to do the multiverse, but we really haven't found our next big bad yet. But we're going to announce this stuff because we want to keep the momentum going. And then when the Infinity Saga ended and they started putting out this content that They kept telling us it's going to connect, it's going to connect, it doesn't connect. Now you've got people who, you know, for all of us, we're sitting here and yeah, we're saying this is an uncomfortable conversation. Clearly, it's not because we're all very comfortable talking about it, but we talk about it because we love it. You know, we love Marvel content. You know, we love putting it out. We've all read the comics. You know, we all have our personal favorite characters. You know, we all have our favorite TV shows. I know Carrie and I go all the way back to the X Men uh, animated series. You know that's that that's the type of stuff that we love and so now to watch them put this stuff out it's like you know opening in a present and not getting what you want like each time and so i think that's the letdown and that's what making everyone upset and now they're saying oh we, we have a way to go you know as manny said yeah thunderbolt seems like the big one you know that's the one they're going but they keep introducing all these young kids so Back to what James was saying: Are we getting a young inventors? And yes, there's parts of Kang's dynasty that has the Young Avengers in it and is pulling that in. But from the back end, from the business point of view, are they trying to? Okay, we want to keep the fan, the older fans we have now, but find a way to include those younger fans too, so they'll watch with their parents or you know either separately and be fine. Problem with that is they're not creating good content to grab either
5: generation. And I think also, Josh, uh, his point just makes so much sense in the sense of if they had done these Disney Plus shows and kind of like they said with Netflix, they were like Netflix is not connected to the MCU. They're not connected. These are completely different. These are your comic book shows. You're going to go here. You're going to get comic book shows. You're not going in with any ideas that they're connected in any way, shape or form. And I think if they had done that with the Disney plus shows being like, listen, not all of these are going to connect like Werewolf by night, which was great. It's like they gone in and said not every single one of these are going to connect, not every single one of these is going to add up to our movie end game. Forgive the end game part, but you get it. I think we all that like Josh said, the illusion would no longer be there. We I think we would go in being like, Well, I don't feel like watching a She-Hulk show. Like I she wasn't my favorite character, I don't feel like watching her, but I do want to watch Loki. Or you know what? I'm gonna watch Miss Marvel because I really appreciate like I love Miss Marvel, but Moon Knight's not my character, so I'm not gonna watch it. But the fact that Kevin stood on that stage at San Diego Comic Con or at Disney, the D23 Expo, listed it all and was like, We're going here. This is the multiverse saga. Everything adds up to this moment. And we're all like, Does it? Does it really? Because we've watched it. It's all going to add up (laughs) and it disappears. And I don't. Are you pulling a multiverse on us? Are we all? Are these variants and nothing makes sense? Like, because that's what I feel like right now, because it's not there. And i feel like way- we
0: need to sit everybody on the therapist's couch and say one shots are okay <laughs> one shots are it's okay to just do an Agatha show and just let it be that and be it's okay it's okay we can do this it's, a, it's all connected it doesn't have to be it doesn't it's connected but it doesn't have to go anywhere right like you don't have to marry everybody you date sort of thing you can you can actually let this be what it is and then let it run its course and, and be done with it. And if you ever want to revisit that character in that story, there's no saying you can't. That's the other thing, too. You could say, OK, well, this is a one shot. Oh, this is a limited series. How many times have we seen a limited series turn into, oh, we're going to do another one of these? Oh, well, we're just going to do we're going to do the same story and call it something else sort of thing, but continue the same vibe on that. We've seen that before. So it's not like you can't do that, but going into something saying it's a limited series, saying it's a one-shot like a Werewolf by okay. Night, and that was so well received they're like, "Oh, we're going to do two more Halloween specials later." Well, you don't need to do two more, but if they're cool, fine, but you don't you don't need to do that, but if they ever want to revisit that story, that character, they certainly can. There's there's nothing saying they can't do that just because they said it was a, a one-shot or a one-off. Doesn't mean they can't do that, but it's also okay if they don't. If does that make sense?
4: Yeah, I think that WandaVision also kind of set the tone because as the first of the Disney Plus wave, which was, you know, like, as we were told, that was the end of Marvel television, which had done like the previous stuff like Hellstorm, Cloak and Dagger, you know, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like Marvel Studios was going to be doing these and they were going to be more connected to the movies, we were told. And the first thing that comes out of the gate is WandaVision, which is like super consequential, you know. You, it's like starring characters from the movies, and it sets up like partial things from the next Doctor Strange movie. So that did kind of set the template in our head that, like, you know, this was all going to count going forward. Even though, like we said, it doesn't all have to. Like, you know, the Echo series is probably going to have Jack all to do with, you know, the King Dynasty, and that's okay. You know, like in the Marvel universe, and this is one thing I love about the comics. You have like Daredevil doing these like nitty gritty, like stories, fighting junkies and like drug dealers. When meanwhile, like over off in outer space, you have the Guardians of the Galaxy, like, you know, fighting. And then you have over back on Earth, Millie the model having wacky comedy adventures. And this is all the same universe. And these shows could do the same thing. It's
0: almost like they forgot what it's all connected meant. Like, yeah, it's connected, but we don't have to be everywhere all at once sort of thing like you can be off in different places like josh just said you can have all of these different things occurring at the same time and if they should somehow come together then so be it you don't have to force them together which they they kind of did with these with this first with these first few phases but it was so well done that it didn't feel forced even though it kind of was because that's where they were going it's okay to let something organically get there or not get there and use your fan Reaction too, by the way, to find out what might work together. Like, do Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel really work together? Do we have to bring them together just because of that connection? Maybe eventually you do, but do you now? I don't think you do, right? You you can let Miss Marvel do her thing, and, and you know maybe she bumps into Captain Marvel at some point, but let her be her here. I'd I'd almost rather her bump into Squirrel Girl before she bumps into to Captain Marvel at this point, based on what you gave me in the comics. So like. It's okay if it doesn't necessarily all lead to the same spot.
2: The thing is, it, it, Disney is, is so so adamant, especially now. I mean, the pressure's on. Uh, uh, say what you want about uh, WB Discovery and, and how they had to handle things, but it's a business first. If you don't have the money to make the shows, you, 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 there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. So they had a clean house, and unfortunately, there was a lot of casualties. But if, if we start looking at the end of the tunnel, they, had, they have a plan now. And based on what they learn from their mistakes, it looks like they're gonna be okay. I mean, we still have to see it actually pan out, but there's a plan there. But what are we seeing now from uh, CEOs and from like AMC Plus? Hell, Disney just had to bring back their old CEO because they can't figure it out. Why aren't they making enough money? Well, it's because your 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 priorities are wrong. Your streaming, your your thoughts on streaming are wrong. You're not making enough money off of it, and that's the thing. And and so, what are you doing? You're desperately throwing all these things out that people think that that you think people want. Because honestly, if Echo never can, comes out, I don't think anyone cares. If they say Iron Man's actually not going to happen, sorry, Iron Heart. Yeah, whatever you had you also had uh, armor wars and that you turned into a movie which is probably a good idea mm-hmm. because now you can put a little bit more money a little bit more care into it but so like for example what's going to happen with secret invasion like how big is that really going to be and how much did you pay for sam jackson in 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 that case so in order to fill that content bubble because we we know that There's some streaming giants that are not going to go away. Paramount plus is gaining a lot of steam. They're getting a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff going on, especially uh, with securing uh, Star Trek fans. You got survivor fans. You got
0: Taylor Sheridan's universe. I mean, mayor of Kingstown, Yellowstone, all that stuff, all the spin. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's of
2: Tulsa. So uh, they're, they're coming. You, you have Peacock, which is actually tied in with uh, universal with uh, yeah, universal and with Xfinity. So, Uh, wwe so regardless you have you have you have the office too and if you have the office you're going to watch it and then uh the last one i'll I'll mention is obviously the the juggernaut that that people always forget about well there's netflix of course which is never going away but the juggernaut that is amazon uh, that Mm -hmm. is prime video because they don't care if you watch anything no they don't they just want you to get the um everyone has it for the free uh, the free shipping anyway (laughs) but they still but they still end up putting stuff out like the boys they still have the lord of the rings now they um they have so much good they have quality there now disney's kind of like oh oh, we we need to we need to keep up so let's keep giving these series let's do ob1 kenobi let's do this this and that it's like okay but like why like we don't we don't really want that
0: you're never like, getting free shipping at disneyshop.com Manny. it's just not happening ever never
2: i'm not getting a fast pass <laughs> no i'm not getting no i'm not getting a genie nothing, genie plus, nothing. <laughs> yeah genie plus all i'm all i'm getting is you're getting 100 you know, years all, of wonder that's what you're getting <laughs> uh, yeah all i'm all i'm getting is to uh sit here and and, and kind of ponder on what is going on with with these shows
3: to go off of every single streamer obviously ignore keep netflix out of the the case think about how much content they put out a year that's original content they're not shelling it out every month every other month they're taking their time putting out stuff like i know yellowstone's on paramount paramount network but they just split their season in half like Mm -hmm. instead of throwing everything out they're like okay let's We're going to separate it out and save that money with prime. They put everything out very selective throughout the year, and they're not throwing it down the throats. And I think that's what Disney would probably be making more money by doing that, by using the that this opportunity to say, okay, I don't need to put out show after show after show. And this doesn't just pertain to Marvel it pertains to all of their original content. They don't need to constantly be putting out show after show. Pick something take a risk on, as you guys were saying, invest in it, invest in your writers, invest in your special effects people, take that budget and just utilize what you have and make good content, make a good show that everyone's going to want to come and tune into. I mean, Disney also, you know, runs its main theme is family friendly. So it can't really, it'll toe the line, but it's not going to push over the line if it, if it doesn't have to,
0: especially not with Um, Iger back in charge. That's, That's a good point.
3: So it'll be, you know, they'll always have to have these constraints. But if you're putting out a family-friendly show that everyone's going to sit down and watch and enjoy, you're you're, you're going to make money, and it's not going to matter how many shows you put out a year.
0: Is Armor Wars the example of how they're kind of figuring it out? And the reason I say that is because you, you looked at, and we've talked about this with so many of these things. Like, okay, why? Why do this? Why do this? Why do that? So Armor Wars was another one of those where I look at and I go, okay, but why? And then when they said, oh, yeah, well, now we're going to make this a, a movie, not a show. And I'm thinking that is smart for the reasons that Manny mentioned, but also because I'm thinking somebody sat in a room and said, is this going to be interesting for six hours? And the answer was no, it's not. But people love Rody. This is a story that that probably, you know, is worth telling. Let's just make a movie out of it. Like again, like Manny said, let's get a little bit more money involved in this thing and let's do it justice instead of dragging it out for three or four episodes where we're all sitting there going, well, can we get to the end? Can we get to the thing that you promised me in the first episode in the end credit scene, which they always seem to do? Like, here's the thing we're gonna do. Oh, here's Daredevil. No, we're not, you're not gonna you want Daredevil. You're gonna have to wait. You're gonna have to wait for that. And then when you do get it, it's gonna be it's gonna be smash and go, basically. It's basically. With Daredevil's role when She Hulk was so, is this kind of the showing that they're saying, okay, we've realized what we're doing wrong. We're gonna not really do this. Is is them switching armor wars to a movie, which seemed odd at the time. Is that kind of the signal of maybe they're paying attention to the to the fact that not we don't need to do all of these, and if we do, let's do it more smart.
4: I think that real quick, Josh, before you start,
5: it's also interesting, just James, what you said because it's the first time like we've heard the entire time like these every show is a movie every show is going to be a movie and this is the first time we're like no the show's not going to work as a show it's going to work as a movie and so I th- I thought that was just like a very interesting because it's the first one to do it and now Josh you can go because I interrupted
4: <laughs> oh no no we, we were both jumping in at the same time there's it's just we're, we're all in a three for all here like at those press tables <laughs> it's like we're back at comic-con I think that your question, James, gives them a little bit too much faith because you're saying, oh, they sat down and they realized creatively. Honestly, when I heard that they were doing this, the movie, my first thought was, oh, money. They they looked at this and said, oh, this could give us this much money at the box office instead of a streaming thing. That's why I thought they did it.
0: I I mean, that's that's part of it, too, because, you know, you're obviously going to make more money off of your off your movies than you are off of your TV series. But uh, Manny, go ahead.
2: No, yeah, you you got to know where to make money. I mean, like you could even take I understand that it's a different business. You got your your cinematic movies are a business, your theme parks are a business, your streaming service is a business. It's not like it's one big bank account. I think people kind of misjudge that. And I know it hurt them to to say this is going to be a movie because it's like, okay, then we're going to lose that off of the streaming service. What are we going to do now? And and it and it's a prime example because hocus pocus two should have been in theaters it was it would have it mm-hmm. was going to make money you didn't even need a budget for that much advertising for it it was you have a cult following it was going to sell itself disenchanted was another one it has it's a pretty good following enough to to make some sort of noise in the theater not 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 a blockbuster noise of course but but good enough to they made to the make right decision in there. The theater <laughs> that one did no, that was terrible that was absolutely horrible and i'm a big big enchanted fan so when i watched it I was like, you took everything I love from this movie, and and just left me with the with just a bland fairy tale story. That's not the point. I, I did you guys make the first one? What's going on? Uh, anyway, point being, the problem is is that they they need to have the content on there, and and, and like it was said before, yeah, spread it out, like. You see other people doing it a lot better. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to change things. It's okay to take things out. Prime example is Smile from Paramount. That movie was scheduled originally to be released streaming and theater, a dual release. And then it did two or three film festivals, got rave reviews. And they said, ha no, we're not streaming this. And we're going straight to the theater with that because they understood the value of what they had. And I feel that they have so much pressure from investors to to make Disney Plus work, make it profitable, because to this to this day, it's still not profitable that they're going to they're going to they need to throw these shows on there because they know that, oh, the next Marvel show, it's always going to be hot. It's always going to be popping. So we need to put that on there. We need to put that on there. And thus comes pressure, pressure to the studios, pressure to the actors, to the writers and to the VFX artists. To, to just put it out there, which is why we got what we got in some of those shots from She-Hulk specifically, that just 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 look really bad. And it, it's it's the business side of it. I think that's really that's really pushing it. And it's and it's and I don't even think it's overconfidence at this point. I just think it's it's we want, we own you, Marvel, and we want and and the Overlord that is Mickey Mouse wants more and more and more because we need to make this app work. Before we
0: wrap this up, we've got a lot to look forward to supposedly. Like we said, the multiverses, Secret Wars, maybe X-Men at some point, maybe Fantastic Four at some point in the distant future. So the the simple question for everybody as we start to wrap things up here is, can they get back on track and can they live up to their lofty expectations that they built over the last 10 years? Can we get that warm and fuzzy feeling back that we had right there? towards the end of phase one josh what do you think
4: man that's like five or six different questions can they get back on track of course it'll only take one movie you know can they live up to our expectations no absolutely not (laughs) they can make (laughs) like it's like the end game was like a bolt of lightning and no matter what they do now like you can't recapture that feeling because that was like A 13 year build up and everything, and just like how magnetic that was in the theater. And I think that one thing that we haven't talked a lot about is how COVID really did change the landscape in a lot of ways. People got used to watching stuff at home and streaming, and the box office, unless you're doing Spider Man No Way Home or Top Gun Maverick or something like that, it's the box office has not recovered. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's not as bad as it was in 2020, but you know, and that's changing a lot of things. So, more stuff is going the streaming but like you said streaming is not profitable i don't understand why any of these companies do these streaming services like you, you you're not making money so we'll see like and when these movies aren't making money at the box office that affects the creative decisions so i think that the next you know 5 to 10 years for marvel studios is going to be very interesting because everyone's still trying to figure out this post covid streaming landscape Mandy,
2: go ahead. What do you think? Yeah, same sediment. It takes one movie. I could, I and I can watch Quantum Mania when it comes out, and be like, "Hey guys, it's gonna be okay. They fixed it all." But we'll see. We'll see what they do. The, so far, Phase Four has not has not proven to me that that this is gonna be handled great. But I will say, uh, yeah, it was a bolt of lightning to me. It's the second bolt of lightning they had, because I remember how excited and thrilled I was the first time they did that pan shot on the in Avengers they're in New York. And and so it was like, oh was great. And then and then the chills that I still get, I, I'd go. I go every couple of months to check out Endgame is when Cap gets that hammer and and then, you know, you see them all line up and, and go to war. I mean, like that is a comic book come to life. Uh, so can they do it again? Absolutely. I believe they can. It's just you they need to set it up correctly. And and I think it's fine. And and just my last point is I am, regardless of how I, you know, if it does it, does it fit? Does it not? I just want to leave it really clear. I'm rooting for every one of these projects. No doubt. no doubt. Every movie, I because whether it's theaters, whether it's streaming services, I love my entertainment. I love my content. We've all had, we all have relationships with people in the business, with people working in the films, whether it's writers, directors, actors. And we want the best for every one of them because if they're doing well, we're doing well. And and like despite how I feel about Avatar, because I I do not I generally don't like it. I am ecstatic about the fact that it's making so much money mm-hmm. because that means James Cameron can go make another two movies. That means that he can do another side project. That mm-hmm. means that the other director who wants to rebuild another franchise can do his because look, here are the numbers, here are the numbers, here's how it did. Okay, we're great. If Avatar fails, dread. Just like, oh uh, I, I guess movie theaters are in trouble. But this past weekend, box office revenues with, with something called Megan, which was crazy, mm-hmm. which is great, by the way, and then an avatar and with Puss in Boots on the first weekend of, of 2023, box offices not office revenues up 70% from last year. So I am rooting for everything and every one of these projects going forward. Sorry, I I we do we do box office numbers every Monday so i'm a nerd when it comes to that's a fantastic (laughs)
0: point no that is a fantastic point that all makes complete sense because that it matters for everybody's projects not just those teresa megan what do you think is it all is it all this simple is it all are we one ant man away from just shutting up about all of this what do you think
5: there's a lot of pressure on ant man because it's the beginning of the phase five this is where apparently everything is supposed to get going but i don't think it's just movies if they come out with a show, a good quality show, a good quality streaming show for Marvel, we'll all be like, it's okay. It's okay, we're all good. We can we can see about this because there's still stories we want to be told. Mm. I'm still dying for a Carol and Rogue story. I want a Carol Danvers, Rogue, I want that story. And if this doesn't pan out, I'm never gonna get that story told. And so that's the whole thing is that we want, we want it to do well. We want them, like Nanny said, we want everyone to succeed because then things that we, films that, you know, like for example, Top Gun Maverick, it's like, I never thought I'd see it to another Top Gun film and I'm really glad I did. And But it's those kind of things where it's like, you just want them to succeed because then it brings joy back to going to the movies. It brings joy back to watching these streaming shows and seeing your favorite characters be brought back to life or even your new comic book characters be brought on screen. You want the joy back. You want that cinematic experience from Endgame, sitting in the theater, watching, listening to the crowd cheer as soon as Captain America grabs that hammer. It's like watching the finale or not finale, but before Game of Thrones went wacky and Arya's grabbing the knife to kill the Night King. Like There are moments like that that you want to see back and marvel has delivered multiple times lightning bolts and that's what we want we want those back and so there's a lot riding on ant-man right now to start not maybe give us the lightning bolt but you know start the thunderstorm well and to just you know circle all the way back to what we were originally
3: talking about and why we're all here is the tv shows i mean the streaming shows is they need a wow moment they need something that's mm. going to be trending on social media, that's going to get everyone talking. I mean, you know, it goes on the way back to when Pretty Little Liars premiered on at the time it was ABC Family before it became Freeform. And now that it's on HBO Max is the reason they keep renewing it is because people talk about it, you know. If they need shows that people are going to talk about. They need that moment that we, everyone, you know, we all mentioned it, that you saw in Endgame, you saw in Avengers, they need that in their TV shows. And with WandaVision, you saw a little bit of that. People were talking about it. People were excited for the next episode. And then when they started releasing the other shows, you saw less and less of that. You saw a little bit of it with Loki, um, especially at the in the season finale, but they need a wow. That's really what they need. They need that moment that's going to get everyone talking.
0: And I think like Manny said, we're all hoping that that's going to happen sooner Mm -hmm. rather than later, but you know, we'll we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. But I think that's a good place to wrap up our real talk here on Marvel TV. And we got into the movies a lot too, because you you can't not do that when you're talking about this stuff, if you want to agree with us or completely yell at us because you think we're stupid, here's how you can do that. You can of course at Dan and nerdy seven, five, seven for me, for Manny it's at Manny Gomez media. If you want to yell at him, because you know, he, he, he can be controversial sometimes, and, and so can't we all. At Beautiful Ballad for Teresa and, and Megan, they do a lot of great stuff on there as well. And at TBU Josh, Josh is all over the place doing some great stuff as well. And once again, thanks to everybody for coming together to to do this and talking to Marvel. We'll do something else again real soon. Hey guys, this is Violet from
5: The Flash, and you're listening to the Down and Dirty Podcast.
0: Since I talked a ton of Marvel already, let's talk a little DC now in the season nine premiere of The Flash, which is the final season, which started off this past Wednesday on The CW. And, you know, I've been talking about the show from the beginning. So I I did do a little bit of a react on TikTok at down a nerdy pod, by the way, if you follow us on TikTok. But I wanted to do a little bit more of a full review here with some spoilers. So that's what I'm going to do right now. And, you know, if you've listened to this show for a while or but if you haven't, I'll, I'll clue you in that I can't stand time loop. Episodes other than like Groundhog Day, which is like the ultimate time loop movie that's that did it so so well. I am not a fan of time loops. You know, we've seen it on so many shows in the past, we've seen it in movies in the past. It just doesn't work for me as a storytelling mechanism. It's tired, it's one of the worst tropes I think there is. And what do we get for the first episode of season nine of The Flash? A time loop episode now. Before you think I'm just going to go and just rip into that completely, I will say this: even though when I first realized it was going to be a time loop episode, I went, "Oh, really? This is what we're this is how we're going to start out our final season." Well, you know what? They didn't make it quite as annoying of a time loop episode as you usually see, where you're reliving the same things over and over. Now there was some of that, but there was a point in the episode where they went, "You know what? Screw it. Let's not do that." And it was like this beautiful West Alleny type moment where, you know, there was plenty of tension between Barry and Iris in the beginning because, you know, he made that book and he's like, you know, I mean, it basically it's the Grace Sports Almanac of The Flash, right? Where he's like, hey, I, I've made notes of everything that's going to happen to ensure that we have a happy life together. And, you know, if we follow it, everything will be okay. And of course, Iris not okay with that, and you could understand why she wouldn't be, and I mean, she's still struggling, trying to get used to, you know, being back in the real world, and everything being back to as normal as it can be when your husband is a superhero, and you're part of a superhero team, and things like that, and you live in a place like Central City, but what we finally got was this moment where they just were together, they were happy, they were goofing off a little bit, because, again, they were stuck in this time loop anyway, and Iris had decided, I'm just going to stay in this thing. And drink, and that's just that's what I'm gonna do because you can understand why she'd be fed up with being stuck in, in in situations like this over and over and over again. So they 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 just had this wonderful West Allen moment of them just being together and just existing for a little bit. And I thought that that was a wonderful thing to do because we finally got some happiness from them. Like I, I we thought we were gonna get the happiness at the beginning of this season anyway, and there was a little bit of that. But then you had the whole tension of, you know, Barry trying to map out the, the next several years of their lives to make sure that they're safe. And on one hand, you know, as a husband, I understand where Barry's coming from, right? Especially everything that they've been through. You, you just want, you just want to be happy for once. And you want to make sure that your wife is happy because, you know, of everything that she's been through, not just herself, but, you know, as a couple in general. So I understood where Barry's mind was at when he did this, but then you also, you take a step back and you go, yeah, dude, that's probably not the way you want to go about doing things. So you understand why Iris was upset. And it seemed like everybody wanted to decide everything for her. And of course, Joe's the one that brings everybody back down to earth. Like, you know, are you really living son? Are you really living sort of thing? So yeah, I I love that Joe is always that centerpiece of the story where he can always bring not just Barry, but Iris back as well. And you see them trying to give this balance to their lives, and they just sort of figure it out by the end of the episode. So once the it did, so you almost kind of forgot that you were in a time loop in the first place. So congratulations to the staff of the writing staff of the Flash for making me not hate a time loop episode for the first time in forever. But you know, as I think more about this episode, and of course you know you had the new Bo- Captain Boomerang, Richard Harmon, jumping into that role. You might remember him from the One Hundred. I thought he's he was very good. As Captain Boomerang, he's got the this arrogance about him, which you know he you saw in his character on the 100. You, he's also got the snarkiness to him. Um, the look, character design, I thought was really good. And then again, big spoilers here. You meet Red Death at the end of the episode. and You get that broken bat symbol there as well, and you understand that he's going to be kind of working with Red Death, or at least in proximity with Red with Red Death. And we, we that wasn't really a big reveal. You they acted like it was a big reveal, but you know, we kind of knew that from the start, didn't we? It's like it was the worst kept secret in Aeroverse history that we knew that this was going to be coming regardless of how much they tried to admit or tried to fake us out that it wasn't. We knew that this was going to be a part of this upcoming season. So, and you know, the look was fine. We don't really get a whole lot from the look in this first episode. You get a quick gl- glimpse of it. Nothing to really tell us what we're going to see. So we're going to have to wait until future episodes to kind of really get that going. But, I mean, there was a lot of things that, you know, I I loved about this episode. You've got Chester and Allegra; They kind of had their moment finally in this episode. The whole maybe Cat Grant acquiring the the Central City Citizen. And then Iris kind of balks at that and decides to take her own path. I thought that was neat. And you've got Cecile and her powers of telekinesis. And Joe kind of worrying about her jumping into this life. And you think about it, he's seen what his daughter's gone through. He's seen what his son's gone through. He's seen what his other son Wally has gone through. So yeah, why would he want Cecile jumping into this and, and you know, that this continue with their family? And he's kind of finally decided, you know, maybe we need to take a step away from this life. So I think that you, you understand that from Joe's perspective, right? He doesn't want to have to be dealing with this, later on into his life. He just wants a happy life for himself, and I think that's what they all want at this point. It seems like we're training that direction in this final season, but I thought it was a pretty good start to the final season of The Flash, but, you know, you keep hearing these things like, oh, well, now the Legends of Tomorrow cast is going to appear, and this is exactly what I was worried about. I don't want this to be a farewell to the Arrowverse, where everybody's going to have their little moment in the sun before the Arrowverse goes away. Let Please let this be the final season of The Flash, and I really hope that when they bring all of these these people back, that it makes sense within the story and there's a reason for it. And it's not just a chance for everybody to get their one episode farewell. So I'm cautiously optimistic on this final season of The Flash, but more news I hear, the more I start to worry about it just a little bit. That's going to do it for my spoiler-filled review of the Season 9 premiere, the final season of The Flash. Up next, I'll do a quick chat about Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur from Disney Channel, which is going to be premiering tonight. Friday night, of course. If you're listening to this on Friday, it's going to be tonight. I'm James Witham. This is the Down and Nerdy Podcast.
4: Hi, I'm Court Lane, VP of Animation Development at Marvel, and I'm listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast.
0: When you open up a border to another dimension, you never know what's going to step out. Maybe it could be your best friend. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur premiering tonight on Disney Channel. Going to have another episode on Saturday as well. Also going to be coming here to Disney Plus and I wanted to give a spoiler-free review of the premiere because of course it's maybe you're listening to this and you've already seen it but I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't. I also got a chance to, to attend a press conference with the cast and the creators of the show as well. So I'll throw some tidbits in there from that. But basically this follows a girl named Lunella and her family. And you know they, they you know they're living their lives in New York City and their family's got all their own skating rink business, but it's funny because the the whole neighborhood is struggling, and I guess I could say why they're struggling. They're basically they're trying to keep the lights on. There's all these power outages. It's causing difficulties for businesses and families and things like that. And they're trying to figure out a way to you know basically st- stay afloat. And, and you know, there's like, hey, the Avengers aren't showing up here to help us with our problems. So we're gonna have to solve our own problems, sort of thing. And the thing I loved about Lunella and Diamond White touched on this in the in the press conference when she was when I was attending it. She's talking about how smart Lunella is and how resourceful she is, and just how fun she is as well. She doesn't have any give up in her. And you see, you know, there's ups and downs in this episode, of course, but, but at the same time, she's just this this bright ray of sunshine the entire time, and just how smart she is and what she wants to do to help provide for her family, even at such a young age, and just makes make it so they have the best lives possible. I think that that was one of the great things, about this episode. So as she's trying to solve this problem, she you know, she accidentally opens up this portal to another dimension and outsteps Devil Dinosaur and that's you, you know when the friendship sort of begins between the two of them. And it's it's just a wonderful back and forth between the two of them and I and I have to say Fred Tascator, who is the I say voice of Devil Dinosaur and I use that term very loosely. Just he's just such a perfect addition to any cast. But when you cast him in a role like this, where he just gets to goof around him and make these, you know, just insane, you know, devil's dinosaur noises, it's just wonderful to listen to him work. And he just talked about how much fun he had working on this project and just, you know, hearing him make these just random sounds is just incredible to me. But what this this story is about at its core, and you heard not just producer Lawrence Fishburne and Steve Loder both talked about this is how, you know, it's about community. There was such an emphasis on this, not just being about family, but about being an entire community. And, and Steve Loder was saying, you know, when I was growing up in New York, this is what I lived, this is what I did, this is what I was a part of. And I wanted to bring that sense of community here onto this show. And again, maybe a piece of community that, you know, not everybody knows. It's like I didn't grow up in New York, I grew up in new, uh, partially in New England, but. I didn't grow up in New York City and have to, and get to experience these certain neighborhoods, which are almost like cities unto themselves because they just have a whole different vibe to them. And, and they really wanted to create that in the show. And yeah, and yes, you have, you've got a, a big bad in this first episode. And the big bad completely makes sense for the episode's subject matter. And I, I will say that. But, you know, it's it just everything seemed to fit. So well, and this family was just such a likable family. I would say, yeah, you know, I'll take it a step further. A lovable family. You even got Pops, who's played by Gary Anthony Williams, and you could just tell how excited he was to be a part of this family as well. And the other thing I will say about Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, because I can't really give away too much because it hasn't, it's not aired yet, is that it's interesting how much you could tell this was influenced visually by... Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, you could tell that they really took some winks and nods from that because this is one of the most beautiful animated series I've ever seen on Disney Channel, period. And you know, I'll even say Disney Plus as well. This, This show is so visually striking and pops in so many ways. The animators need to give themselves a real big pat on the back here because it looks fantastic and everything about this visually... Just works for me. It was so well done. And even the music, Rafael Sadiq, you go out and you get somebody, a big time producer like Rafael Sadiq, and he really knocks it out of the park. So you pair these stunning visuals with the music of Rafael Sadiq, and you find yourself just kind of lost in the show. There's times where I was watching it where, where my eyes were just locked, but I, I, it was hard for me to really concentrate on the story because I was so locked in on the music and the visuals of the show. That's how good it was. And that's not saying that the story isn't good because it is, but you know, visually it's just, it was really hard to not just Marvel at every little scene. Did I just do that? I absolutely did. That's a, that's the puns just come right out and there's nothing I could do to stop them. But basically what I'm trying to say is watch moon girl and devil dinosaur from Marvel on Disney channel and on Disney plus, this is one that you're going to love watching with the kids it's fun, but it's also got some really good messaging in there as well. This is one I think that you're really gonna enjoy. And hopefully I'll be able to share some tidbits from the press conference on another podcast as well. That's actually gonna do it for this week's edition of the Down and Nerdy Podcast. Got to talk to a lot, a lot of Marvel this week. Thanks to my amazing friends and colleagues for joining me to be able to do that this week. Make sure you're following along on social media at Down and Nerdy757 on Twitter and Instagram at Down and Nerdy Pod on TikTok. I'm going to start doing some TikTok lives here soon, people. So make sure you're following on TikTok. And if you're one of the many followers, welcome to the podcast. Also at Down and Nerdy on Facebook as well. And you can find all this, by the way, if you don't know, if you're like, hey, I forgot, just go to downandnerdypodcast.com and you'll find it right there for you. Remember, you never have to apologize for being a nerd. So let your fan flag fly and be good to your fellow nerds.